0: Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buksov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. Today, I had the pleasure to do a virtual face-to-face with the lovely pharmacist and health coach Laurel Haines Rice. She has such a positive, warm, and uplifting energy that was palpable through the screen, and I'm sure it also resonates with her clients. We talk all things holistic from how she was raised to her professional career to her consulting work and raising her own kids. She has over 30 years of experience as a pharmacist, but her true passion is holistic wellness. With her extensive knowledge of the body systems and effects of prescription medications, Laurel is now devoting her attention to help her clients function at an optimal level of health. Many people find healthy living to be a daunting task, but Laurel is dedicated to showing her clients how manageable and accessible it can be. Laurel enjoys cooking, countertop gardening, foraging, and believes while genetics is the loaded gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. I hope you guys enjoy the
1: episode. Hi, and welcome to Rough Work Podcast. I have with me today Laurel Rice. She's a pharmacist and health coach, and I will let her introduce herself in a brief way. Okay.
2: Well, I'm Laurel. I'm a mother, a pharmacist, a health coach, and a friend. Um, I'm from a very large family. I'm from a family of nine. Um, We were five boys and four girls. I spent the first 14 years of my life in a small tropical island in Trinidad. And I migrated to Brooklyn, New York when I was 14 and completed high school and college. Um, I relocated to Atlanta about 30 years ago and that's where I met my husband. And we've been married, this year would be 30 years since we've been married. Wow. Um, I have two daughters: Adana, who is a civil engineer, and she makes jewelry and has a vegan prep business. And Kanisha, who is a classically trained violinist, she's an author, writer, podcast host,
1: and entrepreneur. Um. Wow. Yeah amazing shout out to brooklyn i'm in brooklyn (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, though not originally from there but i also moved there when i was nine and you know spent the rest of my growing up and adult life here so far um so we have that in common yes um, (laughs) congratulations on your beautiful family and your anniversary with your husbands and all the achievements of your daughters you must be so proud i am i am they were my i was their first teacher they were homeschooled all the
2: way up to middle school and high school for one and um
1: so yeah that's amazing yes wow that's a whole other podcast that i would like to talk about (laughs) you wow i really commend you i was actually thinking about homeschooling when um when i was first like staying at home with my baby and mm-hmm. like, thinking about what to do, you know, with this new child and new life. Um. So I was like really into it and like researching how to do it, but it just seems so daunting and so difficult. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'll just focus on my stuff and have an expert focus on that, you know? Wow, that is such a hard um, discipline to get into.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. 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 It allowed us to spend a lot of time together as a family, um it simplified
1: my life
2: um homeschooling was just a simpler process for us
1: <laughs> yeah i know that you can kind of take your liberties with it and like make lessons that are more interactive and really specific right. and focus for your individual children's needs yeah and, and like, then i can have school center. and then i could have school anytime i wanted you know and i could have a vacation whenever i chose yeah yeah (laughs) so that worked for me (laughs) but as you know just one person usually it's one person who like takes the reins and having two kids in the household that are different ages you know that Mm -hmm. presents some difficulties
2: yeah well for you know my girls were like two and a half years apart so you know it wasn't that difficult and you know i I, I can't even take a whole lot of the credit. I mean the earlier years I did the foundational work, but they more or less um they more or less self taught, you know. I was just a facilitator, you know,
1: created the environment. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. feel like that is the goal of all schools and all education to create yes. and facilitate that. Yeah. But it's so difficult to individualize the approach when teaching and Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't really work out, unfortunately, that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are lots of different options
2: and each family has to do what works best for them, whether it's private school, public school, homeschool. Yeah. You know, and whether you say you're homeschooling or not, even if you send your kids out to school, you do some homeschooling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. true. (laughs) Because there's so much that they learn from us. (laughs) That's so true um and what about you know the classical violin training and things that um of that nature did you have to get outside help and experts in
2: yes I, yes
1: any area that i didn't feel as
2: though i could have done you know i mean yeah we they did dance they did violin they you know my younger daughter when she was in of well, my oh well both of them they had spanish from an outside tutor Mm -hmm. because i'm not fluent in spanish and um yeah so areas that i didn't feel as though i could have given them the best i look
1: for someone who i didn't feel as though i had to do it all (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's really good to know you could outsource some of those things yeah yeah Yeah. and there's a lot of like um coaches out there now too and they have like programs that you can buy Mm -hmm. and, and like for anybody that's interested there are simpler ways nowadays that, you know, other people who have done it before us have created programs that we can buy and get coached. Yes. Yes.
0: Wow. So that's
1: so interesting. And I definitely want to talk to you about this after the podcast. Episode. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about how you got interested to go to pharmacy school and, um, you know, what you did after graduating pharmacy school. Okay. Um, Well,
2: pharmacist. I knew that I wanted to do something health related, but I can't stand the sight of blood. I can't deal with direct patient care, but I wanted to have an impact. So I thought of dietitian. I thought of, um, you know, I was looking at all the different fields. I remember getting this flyer when I was probably in 11th grade and it had a bunch of health professions. And I just went through that list and of all of them, pharmacists, pharmacy just sound clean, you know? And so I, you know, pharmacy is where I, so you know, if you look at my high school yearbook, it says pharmacy and it says, you know, Long Island University and I just stuck to that. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And um, after pharmacy school, I went to Harlem Hospital because um, while in pharmacy school, I wasn't fortunate to work. (laughs) And um, I went to Harlem Hospital. That's where I did my internship. I spent my, I did an internship for a year there. And upon passing state boards, I worked at two nursing homes. Um, One of them, just regular staff, And one of them, I did some consulting work with them with long-term care, and I really enjoyed that, but it was short-lived. And then I did retail for two years. I worked with Rite Aid for two years and realized it really wasn't a fit for me. I just couldn't keep up. <laughs> I don't know how you do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. I'm, an, a fit. I'm in an independent store, so it's a little. Oh, so that
2: makes yeah. the whole yes, yeah. And so I did that for two years, and then I relocated to Atlanta. And when I relocated to Atlanta, I started with hospital and have been with hospitals throughout. Nice. Yeah. And when my both my daughters when they went out of school um in 2010 they both left home and that year i started iin Mm. and that was just i mean was something that i really enjoyed just meeting all you know people up until that time i didn't meet a lot of people who had um Similar mindset, just being with like-minded people, and I, you know, just meeting people from all different professional background, who, you know, we had that something in common. Yeah. And I really enjoy that experience. I mean, when my daughters left home, everyone thought that I was just going to fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> and that year, I turned fifty, and I—that's how I celebrated my fiftieth year by just being in that IIN community. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, However, even before um, IIN, I I was raised in a family where, I was raised in a community, a faith-based community, where health and wellness was something that was always encouraged. Um, We learn about healthy lifestyles in our, elementary school, we were taught that our buddies was a temple and it's our duty to care for it. Um, we learned about abstaining from things that's bad and being moderate and things that's good. We learned all the laws of health, the importance of nutrition, the importance of exercise, the importance of, you know, water, sunshine you know just living life in balance fresh air the importance of a relationship with god trust in god and you know relationships and um growing up we were also taught that our bodies were made to heal itself you know and um whenever you are dealing with some type of disease it's usually because of you violated one of the laws of health Mm. you know and I also did a medical missionary training around the same time that I did IIN. And we were um, encouraged to memorize this quote from a book called Ministry of Healing. And that quote said, disease is an effort of nature to free the system from conditions that result because of a violation of a law of health. And it says, in the case of sickness, the cause should be ascertained, and the laws, we need to remove the harm, whatever is causing the illness, and then allow nature to assist you in bringing relief to that person. And that's basically a functional (laughs) medicine approach, looking for the root cause. And so even growing up for me, prescription meds was not my go-to thing. I would always find, you know, I always wanted to know what is causing me to feel this way. And a lot of what I was taught in my early life, when I, around mid-teen, it began to make sense to me, just around the time, you know, mid-teen to when I went into pharmacy school. And that's when I began reading books like Back to Eden, The Poisons in Your Food, And all through pharmacy school and early in my pharmacy career, I always had a slant towards lifestyle, you know, medicine. And, but I wasn't around a lot of people who shared those views. So I I never saw it as something that I could combine with what I was doing in pharmacy. I had that pharmacy world, and then this is what I did. Yeah. with my families and you know um, my kids would tell you as soon as they you know growing up and they would say that my tummy hurt or this hurt you know i'll be getting asking how is your water intake ask about the stool uh, you know those are questions that i would ask you know even though we're at college they would call me are you exercising you yeah. know are you getting fresh air and i would always go back to those things you know and so that was very natural to me so when i I mean, functional medicine for me is quite new in terms of the term functional medicine. Yeah. But I think in practice, I was involved in functional medicine way before I knew that there was <laughs> <laughs> something called functional medicine.
1: Yeah, definitely. Way before the term was coined, you were Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. You had some great gems of wisdom in there. Yeah. Um, I myself, I was so immersed, I think, in pharmacy school that I didn't really question anything I was learning until I graduated, you know, I was mm-hmm. just like so focused on the process of learning the medications and how they work in the human body and uh, going by like the tenets and the, you know, for and the first line, second line, third line stuff. But the first line is always non-pharmacological. It's always yeah. like it's always diet. Um, they don't talk about like the holistic health in terms of like spirituality and relationships and nature and all mm-hmm. of that. So that that piece I also learned like through Institute for Integrative Nutrition and yeah. my other studies. But they did say, you know, first you go for non-pharmacological, you try that. If that doesn't work or it's not enough of a shift, then you add medication. But you always continue the non-pharmacological stuff. But nowadays, you see people go to the doctor. Sometimes they don't even get offered the non-pharmacological or they, you know, refuse. They say, no, that's, you know, that's not going to work for me. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I don't want to change anything. So then they go straight to the drug therapies, right? But um, in actuality, like we were taught that you should implement first this and you should give it a really good shot because you have to be consistent and you have to keep doing mm-hmm. it. Otherwise the medications can only do so much if we're not doing yeah. our own work at removing yeah. the root cause and um, you know, mitigating that. And removing what is the offensive agent? You know, if we still keep on putting that offensive agent in, and Mm the patient is just not going to be an optimal therapy. Yeah, it's like standing on the tack
2: and taking Tylenol. Exactly. Rather than remove the tack. (laughs) Exactly, remove
1: the pain stimulus. You know, potential infection too. (laughs) Then we can talk. Then we can relieve some pain. Yeah. So I think that's like a big piece and big missing piece too, because even if quote unquote non pharmacological lifestyle approaches fail and you need a drug therapy, that doesn't mean you should stop. You should always be doing non pharmacological. Yes. With yeah. medication and to assist your body.
2: Yeah.
1: The medication should be only used as like a crutch, you know, and not mm-hmm. cure all. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And as pharmacists, we are
1: steward of pharmaceuticals,
2: you know, yeah. and making sure that people just don't use them with, you know, as a quick fix Absolutely. instead of, you know, making the lifestyle changes that are necessary to, you know, bring about change yeah and lasting change
1: (laughs) yeah and i think it's also the culture like i think you were lucky to grow up in such a culture and community where you were taught from a young age like you said all these you know vital wise ways of how to heal our bodies and keep them healthy but a lot of people in elementary school for example you know they get fed from the cafeteria a bunch of fried processed junk and then Mm get sold chips and ice cream and Mm -hmm. you know their parents give them money for for the junk additional junk food and it's just like become common to to do that and to not really think about what we're putting in our bodies and yeah and you know as a pharmacist and having the knowledge that we have about the drug uh the adverse drug effects and the drug interactions and the tolerance and you know Getting used to the medication, and then our body doesn't really want to do it without the medication afterwards. So that's the tolerance part of it, and even the mm-hmm. part of it. So we know that it's not a good idea, and to only use it as when needed. Uh, right, and your body really needs the help. But we really want to encourage people to have an optimal functioning body, right?
2: Yes. You know, when I first moved to, well when my kids were young and, um, I worked at a hospital and, um, I've been vegetarian for since in college, you know, so it's over 40 years I've been vegetarian. Um, and for the last 25 years I've been vegan. Wow. <laughs> but my, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I remember colleagues at work say, so oh, well, you wouldn't give your kids a happy meal. What That child needs to have a happy meal say all their meals are happy meals. It's all prepared with love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't get any happier than that.
1: <laughs> I remember when I moved to America, my first birthday, I was celebrating my tenth birthday with my new friends, my new American friends, and my mom cooked mashed potatoes and chicken, which was my mm-hmm. favorite meal yeah well the kids were super disappointed because they wanted pizza or like mcdonald's you know <laughs> <laughs> and i was so shocked i was like you guys don't like this you know what's this? <laughs> this is my favorite food and then my friend when i think we were about 12 her mom took us to a mcdonald's for the first time and mm-hmm. i was also shocked i was like why do they like this place so much like what what did it feel like <laughs> with the burger and the french fries like i was not getting it from my culture <laughs> you know." <laughs> so um so I think it definitely depends on what culture you grow yeah. up with and if you know the saying there's a pill for every ill you know if yes. you're used to having that fast solution and like we want to go to the doctor we want to quickly get results we want a pill to take away our pain or to take away our suffering that's just like the way the culture is set up and mm-hmm. if we don't get that quick fix we get disappointed and angry at the doctor i've had patients come in and you know belittle their doctor and say can you believe it I'm sick and my doctor just told me to drink water why yes. not you write me an antibiotic <laughs> and I was like wow that's a great doctor you should listen to the doctor drink water I agree I yes. think that was great advice and you don't need <laughs> an antibiotic and there's such a thing as antibiotic resistance and it's growing all the time and we need to protect our flora and blah, 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 But at the end of the day, that patient is still saying, no, I need an antibiotic and I'm going to a new doctor. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like always impressed when I go to a doctor or a family member goes to a doctor and the doctor digs a little deeper before prescribing a medication. I mean, that doctor just, you know, is all the way up here with me when that happens, you know, because I'm like, okay,
1: yeah. I like that. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly, because prevention is really, I think, the way to go. Because mm-hmm. as a society, if we prevent illnesses and maintain health, then we can also save a lot of healthcare burden in terms of suffering and also in terms of cost. Yes. So we can use that money for other things like providing free access to healthcare and, you know, really investing it where it's needed. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up something that you mentioned about um, what you've been learning as, as a part of your holistic health training. Um, and I'm reading this book right now, Sacred Woman by Queen Afwa. Okay. Yeah, she's amazing. And she talks about the same thing you were saying like really paying attention to what you're putting into your body and treating your body as a temple. And um, the way she starts health for she's like a woman specialist. So she mm-hmm. talks about the womb, the sacred womb. And so um, the first like gateway to health is through that for a woman. And then after that, everything else will follow. And, you know, she has a whole method. But so the first thing a lot of women suffer from are a lot of uterus issues and around their mentees and cycles. And mm-hmm. um, they have fibroids, they have infertility. uh, A lot of women have to get hysterectomies and things like that. So her approach is if we actually view that not as a vessel for disease, but as a vessel for life, and really spiritually, mentally and physically take care of it, then Mm -hmm. really change our health through that alone. Hmm. And
2: tell me the name of the book again.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, okay, I'll send to the show notes. It's called Sacred Woman by Queen Aqua. Okay. So, and you know, the message of the book is really, uh, if you are reading this as just one woman, and you change your health personally, you will affect your husband or your mates or your household with that mm-hmm. and then that will also affect other households and then as a community we can all change so basically even if it's just one person you could still affect change on such a large scale and just yeah. by influencing one person at a time the ripple effect yeah i love that <laughs> i love that message <laughs> yeah So uh, what are you doing nowadays, Laurel? Uh, What are you studying and what are your plans for the future with this functional medicine lens?
2: Um, My plans right now, as you know, I'm um, not working right now. And I am trying to, my long-term goal was to have a place, a sort of lifestyle center where I use modalities that are non-toxic, non-invasive, um, to help empower and teach people about health and health and wellness in a fun, non-threatening, non-judgmental way. Um, with COVID, I don't see myself having a building, a brick-and-mortar place anytime soon because it just, I, with what has happened within the last three months, you know. I'm seeing where, more than ever, I need to find ways of being able to do that virtually. Yeah. So I'm trying to get a virtual program up and running where I could do the things that I would do in a brick and mortar place. I also, you know, I shared with you about the Beamer that I have and prior to COVID, I collaborated with a salon and I would go there and do Beamer sessions. Mm. and tell people about improved circulation and, you know, health tips. And so I want to be able to continue doing that. And um, I don't know if you've heard of um, Interactive Metronome. No. Interactive Metronome is, um, is a program that works with neuro timing and it helps people who are dealing with Parkinson's and who have balancing issues, who have focusing issues. If you need to up your game is a brain training program. Wow. And that's another modality. A lot of um, speech pathologists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and educators use them. And I bought it because, you know, a family member, you know, has been dealing with some issues and I thought it would be something good to have. Mm-hmm. And, um, Yeah, so I have that and I want to, and that I could do remotely because there's a home unit that individuals could purchase. So I'm using that. I want to be able to provide education and I'm still trying to position myself that um, I don't know how long I'll be home, but I'm hoping that I could get, I'm grateful for this time that I could work and getting things, you know, get in my presence on social media and um working on a website to share what i do i i just realized you know i just have to do it i've been second guessing myself and i know that there's someone out there that needs me you know two weeks la- last week i got up one morning and i was just writing and i was writing an article on water and that day i got a call from a cousin of mine and she has um, multiple myeloma and she, her skin was just breaking out with, you know, she said, you know, I have like blisters all over my face and my neck, my upper body. And she told me the medications that she was on. And, you know, I was asking if she's drinking water, say, because, you know, you're taking meds that are highly toxic and you need to be able to water to flush. I said, just imagine going to the bathroom and just leaving, you know, having, About movement and you leave it there and you throw in things or you throw in a little sprinkle of water you spray it with water but in order for that to move out it need lots of water and i say oh buddy's uh similar but i'm saying that morning i was i was impressed to write this water article and hours later someone needed that water talk (laughs) And it turned out that this person was dealing with shingles. I recognized that it was shingles that she had secondary to the medication. She was to her oncologist because she said what she's been dealing with was for months. Her oncologist didn't recognize it. Her dermatologist didn't recognize it. You know, and I was able to tell her when you go to the doctor, ask them to check you out for shingles. You know, and she was on an antiretroviral, she was on a cycle there, and they increased the the they increased the dose because she was taking a prophylactic dose. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, you know, yeah. even with that dose, she came down with shingles. And I just have to remind myself that, you know, and I just think of different people through the years who have told me things like, you know, before I met you, I never thought, I didn't know about colors on my plate. Before I met you, I didn't know about self-care and just things that for me is just very basic because these are things that I just grew up learning and doing and I take for granted, but I realize even as simple as that message may be, there are lots of people who need it. And I'm just asking God for the strength to just do what my heart tells me (laughs) at this point, you know, so that's where I am. And I'd like to be able to do some consultations as well. Medication, you know, consultations with clients, review their medication, prepare them for doctor's visit. And
1: yeah, that's yeah. what I'd like to do. All those services are certainly much needed. And teaching yeah. about self-care and the water, as you said, was such an example of synchronicity. And you're right. I think we always are afraid of, um, maybe sharing something that people don't want to hear, but there's always people that do want to and need to hear too. So there's like two Mm -hmm. sides of the coin where, uh, somebody will need that and will resonate and somebody else might not, but that's, that's how, you know, it's a powerful message because if nobody responds and people are just neutral, then maybe nobody needs to hear it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remind myself of that also when doing my work. Um, so it was such a pleasure chatting with you and getting to know how how you work and how you think and how you grow up and how you raise your own kids. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with us about um, any upcoming plans or any any messages for our listeners? Maybe any advice for pharmacy students or pharmacists that want to also go down a unique path Um, that you know that their vision was given to them and it was given to them
2: for a reason and just don't limit yourself to that box you know Um, get out of the box so that you can really grow and if that vision was given to you, someone it was given to you because there's someone that you were created to serve. And just go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, when we have also put on your oxygen mask too, because lots of times, um, for the years that I've been in healthcare, I've seen so many healthcare practitioners, healthcare workers sacrifice themselves and Disregard their health and, um, you know, just remember put on your oxygen mask so that you can serve best.
1: Yeah, such a good message to remember. And I think, as women and as moms, we and as healthcare workers, that's like a triple threat for people that tend to over yes, <laughs> yes. So, yes. we have to remind ourselves of that. All right, if you just have a few more minutes, I have some rapid fire questions for us, okay. Okay, uh, number one, what would your number one piece of advice be to improve people's quality of life right now? My number one, to include:
2: listen to your body. Listen to your body.
1: Your body knows the answer. It's true. Yeah. You just have to figure out how to listen. And I think that's why journaling or meditation um, are good tools to like create that space for mm-hmm. you to establish a connection um, okay number two what is your favorite beverage
2: water what and you know like I think I make a decision about water from my head and not my taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I've done it. I mean, there are certain things that I do and I've been doing it for so long that it's just like second nature to me.
1: Yeah. And,
2: you know, and there was a time that I loved sodas and I loved, you know, the sweetened, you know, years ago. But I think very early, my head kicked in and my taste buds went to the back burner.
1: And so, yeah, water is my go-to yeah, <laughs> <a> beverage. <yeah. laughs> But also if you're thirsty, you're reaching for the water, not the yes. so your body also knows that mm-hmm. well. And yeah. yeah, and for
2: me, water if I'm if I don't have adequate water, I could feel I don't know if you've seen those house plants that when they don't have water, how they just yeah. like I mean I experienced that. Yeah. And for years I would I would have that experience and I would always drink water but apparently my intake wasn't sufficient and I remember I would get fatigued to the point of depression. I remember going to the doctor and being given antidepressant. And um never took it. And one day I was at work and I was and when I felt that way I could just quit everything. Yeah. And I just started hydrating myself. I was at work and I, you know, like I don't have time to be sick. <laughs> because yes, and I've left work and I was too embarrassed to say that I feel tired. The only thing I could say, I feel sick, because people don't wouldn't honor tiredness. <laughs> they yeah. would honor, you know, I so I had to speak in the language and they would understand. You know, but now whenever I feel that draining feeling coming on and this is not a feeling after a day's work this is just you know I could get up in the morning and by 10 o'clock I could feel this real lethargic weight once I start drinking you know within 15 minutes is a different person
1: yeah that's another amazing power of listening to your body because your body is telling you that it needs more water And I think also sometimes we have these weak points in our body. So for some people, like it's a body part or, you know, it's the lungs that it it comes into an asthma or allergy, or it's an ache somewhere in your back or whatever it is, or it could be like a feeling of tiredness and lethargy and even depression. So Mm -hmm. whatever that trigger area and that weak area is when we don't get enough nutrients or enough water, that's when it flares up. So if we go back to self care, we can really optimize without any medication yes yeah all right um, number three what is your favorite hobby or pastime my favorite hobby
2: I enjoy um I enjoy cooking I enjoy taking recipes and um, taking recipes and recreating them to vegan options you know um, yeah so I could always enjoy listening to uh looking at some type of cooking show or reading recipes or just looking at food and i would just you know recreate them that brings me a lot of joy I like when i get into my kitchen i say i'm in my lab <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm in my lab in atlanta we have a very huge um international farmers market and when I first moved to Atlanta, every time I'd go, I would buy something that I haven't tried before, a new vegetable, nice. you know, I, I, yeah. So I just, I mean, when you look at my, my kitchen cabinets, I have lots of grains. I have lots, you know, I always try new things, you know, Yeah, I love um, that. as long as it's something healthy, I just,
1: yeah experiment with the taste buds and yeah yeah like my daughter said to me she
2: said mom she said way before people were drinking um cashew milk and almond milk and seed milk she said we grew up doing this she said you were so ahead of your time exactly.
1: <laughs> what happened yeah, they, they were
2: my i experimented early <laughs>
1: awesome plus it's so much better when it's diy in your home than yeah. then and like still it's going to be minimally processed if it's store bought and then it has the packaging and sometimes it's plastic or whatnot so if, if you have the means it's so much healthier to do it at home yeah yeah um and also to tell me
2: that it was it's so much something that i enjoyed doing because yesterday i was talking to my sisters and they were um my niece was taking some pictures because I needed to send a picture to you. Ah, uh, yeah. I didn't have a headshot, and so she was taking the pictures. And my sister wanted to get me to smile, and she said, "Think of being in your kitchen and cooking something."
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the happy happy meal that you bring. Yes, You yes. pass it right on to the meals.
2: Yeah, being intentional in everything that
1: you do. <laughs> yeah, and I saw some other beautiful pictures of your foraging. You also uh, forage for edible plants and flowers. Yes, yes,
2: that's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that yeah. It excites
2: me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really beautiful and like allows you to eat locally and seasonally and get in touch with the plants in your backyard. Yes. <laughs> awesome all right laurel so please tell the listeners how they can learn more about your work and get in touch with you well i am on
2: instagram i'm currently on instagram as lifestyle laurel and um yeah instagram would be the best contact on I'm, I'm on facebook i don't have a business page on facebook but i'm on facebook as laurel
1: rice Okay, so I'll have the links to your social media in the show notes. And as soon as you have your website up, I'll update the the, list, the listing link so people can find you. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had such a blast recording with you and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
0: Okay, you do the same. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast. And I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.